Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. Hey, guess what? It's Blix. Welcome. Oh my God. Miracles happen. <laughs> What's up, fellas? Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. Your podcast of going an enormous amount of distance with little sleep and even worse food just so we can bring the awesome to your game. And you get to go to Gen Con while you're doing it. Roll a 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I amaze people at how badly I roll D20s. See, you know, I'm, my, my hand has, has apparently been so consciously trained to roll the uh, TriTac system because I always roll low. I mean, I rolled so many ones uh, in this D20 um, uh, uh, Starship Troopers game, and they were all looking at it and said, that's amazing. I said, yeah, I know. My players love it. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because um, the D twenty is probably I know I know it's it's like the most popular die, and like when people see the D twenty, they that that is like the role playing icon, right? But I have a confession to make: D twenty, it's my least favorite die. I mean, any die bigger than that's worse. But like of the standard like single die that you can roll in, that's not like one of these weird dice. Uh, I I dislike the D twenty. Okay. Well, I, I yeah, I, I tried to uh, roll a d6 and a d10, and the GM the GM couldn't wrap his head around it. And made me roll a d20. Because, <laughs> like, if we were playing, like, if if I could, all right. So if I could play a d20 game, and I know there are variations. I know people do this stuff. It, it's getting everybody else to buy into it, right? And I know you'd have to make some rule changes here and there because there's the 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 whole like mechanics of it. But I would much rather roll two d10. And get a bell curve. I just hate all that green. They're just like, you know, it's like it's like when you're when you're playing pool and you're trying to hit a ball and you're like got to go from one end of the table all the way to the other. There's all this like room for error. I just feel like it. At least with the lower level characters, it, it it's kind of like Monty Hall. It's kind of like, uh, well, everything I do is really just based on whatever the hell I roll. You know, it has very little to do with. My, skill or my plans or whatever it's just like roll d20 oh you rolled a five up oh, you sucked or you rolled an 18 great mm-hmm. job it's like well i didn't do anything mm-hmm. it's a die i just rolled a die yeah it's it's i take a uh, i took a turn from Isaac asimov it's the shotgun curve yeah, basically right. it could be anywhere you know basically just make a scatter plot and yeah right Don't and, worry. and i would <laughs> yeah i would prefer like 2d10 and that way we get a tiny bit of a uh, it's not really a curve it's more of a mountain yeah, well, it sounds like what you really want, Peter, is you want a resolution for where three quarters of it is static and it's your skill, and like only a quarter of it is a die roll. Right. Yeah. Yes. And but I mean, but, and I understand. Look, I get it. You know, it's fun. It, there's the whole like gambling aspect of, oh, am I going to make it? You know, I mean, I think the die is important. I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be there for the excitement of the game. Um, you know, because it can't be just like foregone. It's like, well, I'm this good, so I automatically do everything. Uh, or, or I'm this bad, suck at everything. Uh, you know, you want to have a chance, but I think there's a sweet spot. And I think, um, I think D20 is just too big a number for me. Like, like D12 would be good. Could we play D&D with D12? Would that be cool? I've d- actually, I, I remember, oh, gee, I was jamming. This is early on, and I'm busy. Like, halfway through the game, I looked down the dice, I've been rolling, and went, this is why I can't touch you guys. I hope the, the, the D12. I've been rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Right. Well, if, if you roll low, it doesn't matter what size die. You know, one's still the sweet spot. Okay. So yeah, you could play. Uh, you could play a game with a D twelve, a D thirty, a D twenty, whatever you wanted to roll, play, as long as everybody agreed, because you're always going to the same number, and you don't have to change the rule system. I know Peter is complaining, but I actually am a proud owner of. I have um, a set of dice that go from from two to. I think 30. Oh, yes. Yeah, 30 sided increments, increments of two. So that everyone's two higher than the next one. So I have a D14. I have a D16. I have a D18. D20, of course. D22, 24, 26, 28, and a D30. And they're just novelties, right? Yeah, but, but John, if you roll a D30, you have all those. Yeah, but I'm thinking you just have to re roll when you roll higher than the, than the top number you're trying to roll for. Yeah, I mean, it's like games like, uh, actually, you were talking about you know, what number you're rolling for. Um, like Savage Worlds, you basically are rolling dice against a set uh, a set of value. It, basically, you're rolling against four with modifiers. Right. And, and of course, the uh, if you roll the top number, it, it, it explodes, you get to roll it again, which means D4 does it, 75, does it 25% of the time. And then it gets worse, gets worse as you go on. Yeah, but it gets easier to get a four as you go on. That's true too. Yeah, but a friend of mine, actually, a friend of mine, did the numbers one time and said, "You know what? You're better off with D fours in the yeah. long run." <laughs> sort of. Hey, and, you know, in, not to hijack the conversation, Bruce, you had something you wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, remember, uh, I actually went to Gen Con. The rest of you guys didn't. No. Yeah. Well, I couldn't afford. You know. For various reasons, which we will not go to here in, in this uh, in this report, but yeah, I couldn't afford to go. All right. Well, um, this year we I eschewed going to the um, jacuzzi uh, suite at the Motel Six uh, because the as nice as this as the rest of the suite was the uh, the king size bed has been terrible. I mean, th- these people just do terrible things to that bed uh, who, who go and rent that suite. And we even tried the... Uh, there, there's two jacuzzi suites in that particular motel. All right. Uh, there, there are two jacuzzi suites, and both of them had terrible beds. So uh, my wife put down her foot and said, no, 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 we're going to go someplace where there's a decent bed. So we went to the Best Western, which is essentially about the same distance away it, it looks like it's it seems it's a little bit further but not really it's like a mile further down 65 anyway so it was a straight shot right into to the uh, convention center now this year they did it right for the first time uh they actually had parking that you paid for through gen con Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about the parking. I heard that was a bear. Yeah, that has not happened since uh, Wisconsin. That's how long it's been since, yeah. And so what it was is it was like 50 bucks for four days, and they had shuttle buses that would go from the lot over to the convention center. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and they ran 24 hours a day. The lot was open 24 hours a day, and you had in-out privileges. You know, and as a result, you know, usually in previous years, it's like you drive in and you're like, man, I want to get to the convention center. And you see this, well, you see like five or six lots that are um, like these massive multi-level structures. Every single one of them has a big sign in the front saying, filled, you know, please go somewhere else. And you're like stuck. You're like, I don't know. I mean, you're wandering around. John, you're squeaking or somebody's squeaking. Okay, uh, so you're wandering around downtown Indianapolis trying to find some place where there's parking. Well, this time, there was no problem. Nobody, anybody who wanted to park right next to the convention center had no trouble because they were paying $24 and up a day while, you know, while the people who are parking at these other lots were paying like $10, $12 a day. So everybody was happy. That is awesome. So, so now the, Okay, so how often did the shuttle run? Well, it said it was run, you know, that, uh, that it was like run every ten minutes because there were two shuttles. But in fact, is it pretty much ran every twenty minutes? That's fair enough. That's deal. Yeah, it was okay. 
you know, and uh, you you called them up there and said, "Hey, I need a shuttle." And they said, "Oh yeah, I'll be there in ten minutes." And usually it was there in fifteen. And and they had a really big long one, and then they had a little white one. And uh, and there were actually like three lots, but inevitably we were always in the overflow lot. So and that was fine, you know, because uh, we were always saying we get on the big bus where they say, "Who's going to the overflow lot?" We are, says like 90% of the bus. Because so like, these other lots are little ones, you know, and, and so, he, so he drove there first. And we all got off and got in our cars and went home. So that, that was great, you know. And uh, so that was fantastic, being able to do that. And I, I really you know, enjoyed that. Uh, the, uh, I, we, we lucked out on that because when we came in Saturday morning, uh, we just missed the little white bus. And we found out later that uh, some guy, uh, some some grandfather's grandson, uh, wasn't had 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 too much Gen Con and basically blew over the entire bus. Ugh. And we and and they had to take it out of service and hose it down. <laughs> a technicolorly yawn, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was like, we missed that. <laughs> we, they they pulled away. We were a little too slow getting out, you know, to the. To the bus site, and we missed it. Actually, my my I told my wife and and, and kid to go, and they and they they said, uh, oh, it was filled. So we actually missed it because it was filled. But the point, we we were happy. We turned out we were very happy about that. But they did slow down the uh, bus service after that because now they only had one bus in service for the during that morning. Those guys did a yeoman job. I mean, they were literally the same guys were like picking up people at two o'clock in the morning, and they were there at eight o'clock in the morning when we arrived, still doing it. And we're like, going, when do you guys sleep? You know, and they're like, so hey, and Bruce, let me ask you this then. Um, now for future reference, so let's say maybe I'll go next year. You know, uh, my big hold up is always the hotel, right? And and what you're telling me now, and, and so. So one of the things is is the hotel. So, like, the the cost of the tickets not that bad, right? But yeah, it's fifty bucks for the uh, for the, for the four days. Right. Well, I'm just saying, just just the ticket to, to Gen Con's not too bad. It's it was like eighty five dollars this year. Right. That's not bad. Right. So it, it's way cheaper than Dragon Con. So the um, you know, a flight out there is not too bad. That's that's not like a a super great destination. So you know, a ticket. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Indianapolis is on all the major routes, so you should be able to get a pretty good cheap ticket. Right. So I could, I, you know, and getting a hotel room. But my one of my holdbacks was, was like, I was always like, oh, see if I fly out, then I'm going to have to like, you know, go to a hotel and I got to rent a car and then there's this crazy parking and you know, um, but but with this shuttle service and and decent parking and with you know with a very reasonable rate because you say fifty bucks for the whole weekend, you know, and somebody might might. Uh, guff at that but dude parking is twenty dollars a day at least right normally 24 24 okay for so you're 18, saying for 18 hours it's actually more if you stay if you're if you're there 24 right so you're saving i mean you're saving a ton of money on this it's very convenient it sounds very convenient do you tip do you tip this driver we did at the end we gave him a five Oh, that's good. No, no, that's good. And you probably should. And that's that's probably why these guys are working all those hours. Like, man, they're making like tons of money. Good for them because they're they're working their asses off, right? They certainly were were working long hours. Huh? Yeah. So that that's good. So that I like that. That's excellent. That's that is a very nice improvement. Because I, I was thinking about going, and I was looking at because I decided, okay, the, the last time I went, I went looking to see if I could find some place uh, through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. The place wasn't there anymore, but I, but I was sort of like taken aback at the prices of everything that were within walking distance of the of the of the center. They were starting at two hundred and fifty dollars a night for, for Airbnb. Yeah. Wow, that's expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, all, all the hotels are at least two hundred fifty dollars a night. Well, Airbnb yeah. is a private thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, like, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, there's a convention I'm going to halfway, I don't know, like near the end of September, and it's down in DC. And um, you know, I'm, I'm going there, and I'm going to be featuring a lot of stuff. And I asked the person, I said, "Well, hey, being that I'm like one of the actual, you know, I rarely get this, <laughs> being that I'm one of the actual like verified like like." you know, premier guests, um, you know, you guys going to hook me up with a, is there any chance I could get hooked up with a hotel room? And they're like, they're like, no, this, this thing is a hundred percent voluntary. You know, everybody pays their own way and all that stuff. I was like, okay, fair enough. That's cool. Uh, so I was like, oh crap. All right. We'll have to get a hotel room. Um, 
because I just I just don't want to drive. From, I I can drive from DC to where I live, but it's it's a haul, and I I just don't want to do that. So I started looking around, and the hotel rooms I couldn't find anything under two hundred dollars a night, and I'm like, man, that's that's just too much. So I went on John. I went on Airbnb, right? Yep. I found a place that's like eighty bucks a night, and it's right across the street from the place. I mean, it's somebody's basement. And uh, you know, you look at the pictures, and it, it's nice. It's a nice finished basement. I was like, "This is awesome! I love Airbnb." But like, you know, I guess it, it's all supply and demand. Up, you know, Gen Con yeah. is you know fifty zillion people, right? Yeah, six, six, sixty-five at last year. So it was probably more this year. Sixty-five thousand. I mean, I checked for different dates to see, and the prices dropped dramatically once you got past Gen Con. Oh, so, sure, yeah. of course, yeah. I did. Every- Everyone realized, yeah, yeah, people are coming. So we're going, you know, it's a market. They're going to charge, you know, basically they're charging what hotels, what a decent hotel room charges, but they're in walking distance and you get, you get a kitchen, you get a bed, a living room. Basically, you get a suite. So basically, you're paying for a suite, not just a, uh, not just a room. You're paying for one of those big corner suites in some of these hotels, you know, right. you, you know, you kind of talking about the party rooms. Right. And, it, and you know what, John? It's kind of fair because if you think about it, it's like, yeah. yeah, you might be paying as much as a hotel, but you're, but you're getting, you're getting a, uh, you're getting a suite, right? Yeah. And you're, you're within walking distance, and on top of that, it's available. Yeah. Now, like, I did see a couple that were really cheap, but there's a reason why they're really cheap. Okay. One literally was a couch. Hmm. You know, I think it was about a hundred dollars a night for the couch. No, yeah, well, hey, but you know what? Maybe that's all you need. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you spend all your time in there, but but nothing else. It literally, it, it was no frills, no frills in Airbnb. Did you get you, you, got, got, you got used to the shower though, right? I think so. I think you got you got you, got, you got <laughs> toilet facility. Yeah, you got shower yeah. facilities, but basically, so. you you would have to eat out because right. basically did not get kitchen privileges. Now, when I went to WorldCon with the the the, the uh, oh, a couple of years ago, I stayed. We stayed in Airbnb. It was like eighty. Uh, I think came came down to like forty five bucks a night because I split with, and I can't remember his name. He just passed away too. We even did, we even did a bit on him uh, in the show. Um, the guy with the pens. Oh no! Oh, I'm talking Bruce. Bruce, you know he, he did this marvelous. Bit. We're sorry if we forgot his names, folks. Yeah. It's not you forgot it. It's that thing where your brain does that lock up. The second you need yeah. something, if you didn't mm-hmm. need it, you could remember it. If you just, if yeah. you just hold, hold on here, I'll find it. Yeah, it'll be on the back burner. Well, but, no, I'm uh, just saying, I'm, I know he did a lot of posting all the time on um, on the uh, Bureau 13 agents. So I'm just going to – I'll just scroll down. But yeah, like I said, it was 45 bucks, and we had a basement apartment. Like you said, we had two bedrooms. Right. So he can see in his, I can see in mine, I had the master bedroom. Of course, I'm, I'm the one that's not signing for it and I'd be responsible. But yeah, 45 bucks a night. I mean, you can't beat that. And you know, the why I wanted to bring this up and like actually, you know, like make a point about it is, is that, yeah, for the big cons, for things like Gen Con, you're not going to find something that close that's going to be, you know, reasonable because, you know, market value. But for like smaller cons that you might go to if the hotel runs out, Go to Airbnb and see if you can find something. You might find something literally in walking distance that's even cheaper than the Con Hotel. That's great. I, I never heard of this before. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on where the Con's being held, too. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to Dragonflight. It's being held in the Bellevue Hilton. It's in the middle of freaking nowhere. And it's literally, there is no, basically, the nearest subdivision is about a half a mile away. Right, and it's not going to work for like Gary Con, because yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. far away. But but there's, I mean, like okay, so, so the landscape has changed, right? So we have Airbnb, but don't forget, don't forget, there is a uh, uh, an Airbnb version of a car rental that's a little cheaper. You also mm-hmm. have Uber now, so you could stay a little distance away. Use Uber. Uber's cheaper than taxi cabs. Oh yeah, I mean, if I wanted to take a car, I mean, if I wanted to drive to the to Dragonflight, I just go down. I just go to um, um, the I just go. I, I, I belong to Car to Go, and their weekend rental rates are fairly um, basic. It, it, it caps out at about ninety dollars, ninety dollars a day. Right. You can't touch. A, you can't touch a standard rental car for that. No, you can't. Yeah. No, and and don't if you've ever if you've never rented a car before. 
and you go online and they'll give you these prices, right? And the, it's a lie. It's it's a lie. A lie. Whatever the website <laughs> says that car is going to cost you is. Well, I I generally get them for about sixty five dollars. Are you part of like a club? Are you? Uh, but do you have your own insurance coverage? Car insurance. Yeah. See, I don't have a car, therefore I don't have that wonderful benefit of having ins- coverage from my insurance. My car, my card will cut. My credit card will cover some, but it won't cover. It won't cover liability. Right. Well, this this is a little piece of information you need to you know basically put up front, dear John, because it does change that a lot. Yeah. If you if you're not a car owner like me, you know, yeah, it's going to cost you. So you know, no, you know, no matter what. Uh, and they always will steer you to a bigger car. No matter what, they always say, oh, well, we're out of this one. Do you mind being in this car for just a modest increase? Actually, they always give it to me for the same price. Ah, they see me coming, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Usually it's like, I'm sorry, we don't have your car, so we're going to give you this car for no additional cost. I don't know. Dude, every time, like, it seems like every time I've seen a price online and I book it and everything like that, it's always like, well, you drove these many miles and there's this tax and that tax and some other tax and then blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, how did it get to be this much money? Like, it was it was 150 and I paid 210 Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I always figure it's going to cost you twice what it says on, online. I, and it, I'm never wrong. You know. But anyway, <laughs> hey, Bruce, did you find that name? Yes. No. No. <laughs> no. All right. That's fine. Whatever. All right. Uh, and, I, and I actually looked. Like he's finding Alan Mer- Miranda, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not the right guy. Oh, wait a second, Bruce. You're looking at the wrong place. We look on our web on our website because we. John, why, why don't you go ahead and do that then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so tell me. Uh, so you got the Gen. All right. So you, you go to Gen Con. You got your hotel. Right. So we were there um, uh, about noon. Um, a little bit before that on Thursday. And they've also done some great things about uh, getting your badge because they have 24-hour registration. And, uh, you know, know, pre-reg, okay, pre-reg doesn't exist anymore. It's now will call. Everything is through will call, okay? Uh, And that line was unbelievable, okay? It was was from one end of, of the convention center to the other, and this is a very long building. And uh, it took us about an hour to get through it. Uh, but it was, you know, we walked up the front. We gave them our, our, our driver's license. We told us, told them our, um, our email address, and they came back and handed us our, our folders, and we were ready to go. It was, it was that easy for that. Um, I do everything through um, uh, what they refer to as generic tickets. I never register for anything because I always end up finding myself with a, some kind of a problem because – Family obligations. When you're there with family, there's always something that comes up. But also because that way, um, I find I get myself into games I would never get into otherwise. As a result, I'm like, okay, what's available? I got three hours. What can I do? Uh, okay, let's do that. And I would do that. And usually, I find that I really enjoy it. Uh, so it was. Uh, so I kind of like it forces me to ex- push me out of my 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 comfort zone, my go to whatever, and uh, and that's a good thing, you know. Yeah. Occasionally, I miss stuff that I really would like to do. I've yet to do one of those, um, you know, Marvel um, X Men versus you know the Justice League, you know, throwdowns that they seem to have every single year, and it's always filled up, and you know, it, it sells out like five seconds after it gets posted. I think, anyways, but uh, um, I, I've never gotten one in thirty-five years. I've never gotten one into one of those things. Oh, by the way, it's Terry Williams. So, Terry yeah. Williams. Terry Williams. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, not forgotten, but we just can't get get your name. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> we, we and sorry, Terry's uh, folks. But yeah, if you're listening, but yeah, it, it, it unfortunately we hadn't thought for thought about him for a while. So yeah, like 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 Peter said, your brain goes ah, right ah. <laughs> you know, about two years ago, they replaced the hard drive in my head with a floppy drive. Right. Yeah. No, I've I I got a flash drive. <laughs> okay, that that's that's actually faster, John. You're kind of yeah, missing the but point. It's here. easier to wipe though. Yeah, well that's not the point here. The point is is that if I wait long enough, that it comes. So it's an access issue. It's not in whether the information's there. I just have to wait long enough and it's like, oh yeah, I know this guy's name. I know everything about Terry. Order it. 
or like I used to say back in the day, I have a my mind's like a steel vault. Unfortunately, I keep forgetting the combination. All right, so here, you know, so I got to Gen Con, we got our tickets. Now, I want to uh, I want to say some things I really like about uh, Gen Con, and uh, that is that first of all, uh, there were a lot of it was a it was a very integrated uh, in every way you can imagine. Uh, it was a it's a very integrated convention. Um, I have never seen more you know women players, uh, children players. Elderly players. I mean, everybody's there. It's a whole family thing. As a matter of fact, on Sunday, they have family fun day where the entire family gets to come in, you know, for Sunday for 45 bucks. It's like, and, and, the, and the, the people in, in the dealer's room are like going, yeah, well, thanks, about time. Because, <laughs> you know, that's the day that they make all their deals and, and they don't want to take it home. And this is the best time to go to the dealer's room. Everyone knows that, you know, is on, uh, is on Sunday because that's when they're willing to make all the deals. And uh, so it, that was really, really great. As a matter of fact, um, one of the games I got into was a D20 version of uh, Storm, uh, Starship Troopers uh, based on Heinlein's novels mm-hmm. uh, and, and the television shows and the movies and things like that. And um, I was there with uh, uh, a set of three college-age couples, and which was funny because you know here i am you know I'm, I'm the old guy there and they're looking at me saying you know how to play this game and i said don't worry i'll take care of it <laughs> <laughs> and i was i was like saying you go do this you go do that see if you'll see if the gm will let you do this and this one girl was just she she was uh voracious when it came to came to violence she was loving it you know, she's at one point, you know, she's trying to get this bad guy and she, she can't get him. And I'm like saying, well, okay, you've got like a, uh, you've got like a grappling hook, right? You know, a, a, a power grappling hook. She says, yeah. She says, well, f- hook him with that thing and use your jump jets on your, on your power suit to yank him out of the, out of the spaceship and fly him up and drop him in the, you know, do something with it. And she's like, oh, I can do that. I said, go ask the GM. And the GM says, well, yeah, I guess so. Boom! She's like, you know, <laughs> and she's sitting there saying, "I'm really loving this new way of killing people." <laughs> nice, yeah. And that was the sort of thing I was able to show them, you know, from all my years of you know experience and doing weird, crazy things. You know, was that you know a lot of times you know you 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 think of a gun and, and that's all you think of is a gun, and you don't think of all the other possibilities that can be done with it. Oh yeah, I mean when I. Uh... Over in the Sunny Skypers, when we whenever we do our um, uh, Spirit of Century games, I play Max Silver. Max Silver has a gun, but he never pulls it. He usually goes in with his fists, and usually from above, you know, jumping from off of one thing onto another thing. And he's and he gets behind, he gets on a horse, never ridden a horse before in his life. He gets on the horse and rides it. He, you know, gets behind a wheel of a high performance motorcycle, rides it because he's never ridden one before. Not, not a problem, you know. Uh, the, the the dice are either love me or hate me, but this will be fun. And that's, you know, it's just, you know, just go do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but see, the, the, it was great that these, this was three couples, you know, and they were, they were all boy, girl. And, uh, and it was, I was sitting there going, okay, so you're with her and she's with you. And it was just like, look at her and say such a, it, it was like, how did you guys ever make this decision to couple this out like this? But they all knew each other, so they're all taking selfies together. And they're yanking me into the picture, yanking the GM the picture. We had a great time, and and it was, and I was just loving seeing these people gaming together, couples gaming together, having a good time because that's always been my dream. Because you know, I, I I I'm like most guys, you know, I I, I get a girlfriend, you know, uh, I bring her in, we play a while, and then she kind of fades. The wife find the wife finds out, and, and then you're in trouble. And uh... yeah, well, the girlfriend became my wife, and she faded. So it was like you know, and I was like, "Come on, honey, you like to write? This is like food. You know, you you live it, and then you write it." Okay, <laughs> now that didn't work. But these they they were all much. They were all doing all this together, and they were having a great time. So I'm just saying, is that Gen Con was great in that you got this whole 
spectrum going and and I've seen this growing, you know, I mean, we, we, we had that way, way back in the beginning, you know, we had, you know, that, that whole thing about gender and, uh, and we were told very clearly that, that, that there is no longer a gender difference, you know, and, and that, you know, you just have to accept the fact that women love gaming as much as you do and uh, invite them in, you know, if, if there aren't any there. And so, you know, and I certainly need to do that because I need more players in my game. And, and, I, and like you mentioned, also kids are playing more, and then, and there's a lot of board games aimed at, aimed at kids, but also there are role-playing games aimed at kids, and we're talking as young as seven or eight. Uh, there's a Little Witches, no, no, um, oh, no, no, it's a different name, wrong name, but it's a, it's a game where you play, basically you play either a, a, a sorcerer or a magician, and they, they differentiate between the two of them because sorcerers don't need to learn magic, they just do it. And magicians last got to learn magic, but basically you're all kids, and it's aimed at kids. It's really it's a really simple system, um, and there's also young centurions, which is aimed at the the teen set. You're playing teenagers in the in the uh, Spirit of Century universe. It's using uh, and it uses fake accelerated, so it's fairly really light. Not, doesn't get any heavy at all, so it's really aimed at basically getting there and have fun. Well, and, hey, you know. Uh, I've been so so I've been missing from the show because I've had so many other things going on, things I've gotten involved in with like TSR podcast and stuff like that. Uh, we interviewed uh, a, a, a woman by the name of BJ Hensley, and she has uh, a system uh, or not a system. She has something called uh, Playground Adventures, which is for uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and it's all it's, it's geared for kids. It's like designed for kids for playing D and D. Um, and then we we also interviewed a guy just recently who has a game called Pony Finder, uh, and it's it's basically Pathfinder, but he has a he has a fifth edition version of it now um, for playing you know ponies in in in, dunge- in the in the D and D world. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff for kids out now, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know how easy, how quick that can be twisted. Because I, because when I go to a, um, a game store down there, there's a guy who runs. Um, uh, you're familiar with Fallout? Yes. The, the, yeah, he runs Fallout Equestria. Oh God! <laughs> and I, I also have I backed a Kickstarter called uh, Atlas Kings, which is for mm. kids, which is for like I think seven and up, and it's sort of like yeah. a D and D type game. Very simple, very easy to play. Um, I'm looking to get my daughter into it soon at my wife's uh, dismay. Oh, another great one for that is Golden Sky Stories. It's a Japanese. It's, it's a uh, pastoral game. Basically, the main goal is to is to help is to help people, and you're playing uh, cre- uh, spirit, spirit animals. You know, you could be a uh, tanuki, uh, not tanuki. Um, the raccoon dog. You could be a raccoon dog. You could be a bird. You'd be a very, very bunch of things. The rules are fairly simple. It's all about making relationships. So it has a wonderful relationships mechanic built into it, and it's it's a great little game for you know just having fun. You know. So, so hey Bruce, to bring this back to to Gen Con, would this yeah. the family day? Yeah. What about the family day? What what day was that? That was Sunday. It's the last day. Oh. I would imagine that if uh, if if you like you know if you if you have a burning desire to introduce kids to to role playing, that that would be a good day to schedule these kid friendly games. You know something like Playground Adventures or this Atlas Kings mm-hmm. or, or any of these games. Uh, if you have any of those that you want to run, you know Sunday would be a good day um, to to do that because if they're bringing you know people bringing their families in, uh, it's a great day for kids to get involved and and you know introduce them to the to the to the sport of gaming. Uh, absolutely, and um, you know, and, and the convention actually starts on Wednesday. Um, it was full blown Thursday morning, so I need to expand my, my my. You know, I need to start leaving on Tuesday instead of Wednesday because there was a lot of stuff going on Wednesday night. Uh, it was, I mean, and, and a lot of it, and there were parties going on, and just. Great. I mean, it was a, a lot of really fun stuff. Now, I did get into the uh, podcast meet and greet. Yay! It wasn't over at the bar like it uh, on Saturday. 
uh, night like they've done it in previous years. It was actually in the morning, you know, where they had donuts and stuff. But I did get to talk to a lot of other podcasters while I was there and just to hear their enthusiasm. And yes, we're all in the same boat where we're all really passionate about what we do and nobody ever tells us whether we're doing a good job or not. No feedback at all. We're just throwing it out there, hoping people love us, you know, and, and just looking at our numbers and saying, well, I guess 500 people love us, you know, or <laughs> Stuff like that. So, and we had a couple of people who came up to us and said, "So, I'm I'm thinking about doing a podcast, and I want to do this and that." And I and I had one thing to say to him. I said, "Look, whatever it is you want to do a podcast about, make it something that you love. Yes, because that's the only way you're going to last. Because you're not you know, you're not going to get any feedback and or anything else. If all you want to do, if if all you're doing is just sitting there and talking about the latest thing that came out, then that's that's probably not going to last for you, you know, because, you know, there are some people, that's all they do. Their their podcasts are entirely just chewing the fat with each other. And and one guy, that's what he wanted to do. He said, you know, my friends come over, there's like eight of us, and we're just going to record it as we talk about our games and what we've been doing all week and stuff and put it out as a podcast. And I said, that's great. That, you know, that's how you, I mean, if that's, you know, what you do to have fun with your friends and you want to share it with the world, that's great too. You know, uh, but Keep in mind the fact that a couple of years from now, half of those people aren't going to be there because people move on. Right. Yeah. I mean, Adam Five over at the um, uh, oh, the Gutter Skies threatened to do the old nerd podcast where you have to be at least 50 years or older to join. <laughs> and, and it'd be both mostly, you know, you kids get off our lawn type podcast. But I don't know. It'd be fun. Uh <laughs> Oh, I, I you know I sent a uh, a a um uh, is what's the New Zealander are they Aussies or no oh, Kiwis Kiwis I said I see a Kiwi your way Craig Buchanan from the the Big Red podcast Big Red Couch it said yeah you, you know go go look up Bruce you know he's uh, you know hopefully I wonder if he went to the podcast to meet up meet and greet I don't know I didn't meet him I don't think. <laughs> uh... Though it was funny that um, uh, I asked my my wife to to send send me a cookie, you know, for well, when I was running one of my games, and the guy who was behind her in line was at my game, and so she goes and says says, well, here, get you know, use it as a bribe, you know, I'm sure he'll give you something for that if you do. That. <laughs> <laughs> I always, he says that's that's a great idea, but he comes in, and he just says, here, this is from your wife, and I'm like, and, she, and she's like, for all, she uh, afterwards when she told me about, it, we're both. Back in our heads, going, you know, why did I would have given him some extra bennies for that for sure? I have a strong, I have a, a firm policy about rewarding people who give me stuff with bennies and and uh, and and extra whatevers of the game because doggone it, you know, I don't get that kind of respect very often. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, oh, yeah. it, it's funny. You know, whenever anybody talks to me about you know wanting to start a podcast or anything, and my, my first response is always is like, what is your goal? I mean, what what do you it's a lot of work. So it's a lot of work. So what do you hope to get out of it? I mean, what is it? What is it to you to do this? And if they're always like, "Well, I just think it'd be fun to do," I'm like, "Well, that's great. It is. It's a lot of work. It depends on how much you, you know, how much work you want to put into it, you know." And then I'm like, "But you have, you have to know what you want out of it. Like, if you want a lot of listeners, then what you need to do is you need to do, you need to figure out what attracts a lot of people, and you have to talk about." you're going to be very restricted in what you can talk about because you're going to have to go with popular things. You're going to have to watch the trends. You're going to have to follow, you basically look the other podcasts that are making, you know, that have a lot of listeners and that's what you're going to be restricted to. If that's not what you want to do, if you want to do something because you have an idea that you just want to have, you want to do that's fun, then focus on that. Don't focus on listeners. Don't worry about that. What you need to do is focus on doing your thing and having fun because that's what you want to get out of it. Because at the end of the day, very few podcasters make any money, and you'll wash out in no time because you're doing a lot of work. You're getting no reward. You should get some reward. So if you enjoy doing it, that can be your reward. Yeah, not every, not everyone can be PewDiePie. Right, right. And not everybody wants to be PewDiePie. Yeah, and, and, and of course, sometimes it helps if you have a gimmick, uh, like um, I hit him with my axe. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, and and I, I'll, I'll reveal that secret. The secret is for that their podcast is that it's actually a vidcast. Is that all the people playing are in the uh, adult entertainment industry? Yes, I happen. Oh, yeah. I happen to podcast with one of them on a regular basis. There, Bruce. I know that. I know that. That's why I mentioned. And it. she's awesome. She is awesome. You know, I, I I've seen her. I've listened to her. She she has she has something to say, and that's always an important part for any host. And and you know what? She's a straight up, straight up nerd. Oh, I can tell. Oh, absolutely, I can tell. I mean, from what she said, you know, and I just think that's great that she's able to that she's tra- well that she's transitioned into that because I know that she's not in the adult entertainment business anymore. Hasn't. Yeah, I mean, and some of the things I, I watch on the vidcast, I watch the Yogg's cast, and they got millions of viewers. And I can tell you why, because even when they are just playing a, a game like Civilization, there's so much snark going between the players that it's fun just to listen to. The, I, I can walk away. I don't even care what's going on, on the screen. I'm just listening to them talk. And right. it's fun to hear them talk. It's great. It's, it's great when you have that kind of chemistry going on. But even if you don't have that chemistry, if you have a passion for something and you want to get that in, information out, then I say go ahead and do it. If you fade after a dozen episodes, as long as those were a dozen great episodes, then you know you should count yourself a success. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so what? Right. So what else? What else at Gen Con? Okay, so uh, I did run three games. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, I always run th- at least three games because that's how I get my free ticket. Wait a minute, how so, many games do you have to run? You have to run 72 person hour, player hours. So if I run a, um, a, a four-hour game with six people in it, that's three times 24, bang. You know. That's pretty easy to do. Yeah, it's not that it's not that hard. Um, and I ran, and I picked the middle of every day. I did it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, and thinking that, you know, because if I'm going to come all the way to Milwaukee and take my time out of the convention to run a game, doggone it, I want those people to show up. So I was, I didn't want, I've run games where in the mornings where nobody shows up, you know, and that's so sad, you know, because you've, you've done, I mean, I do prep work, you know, and, uh, but, uh, and that and the first two sessions were completely filled. The third one on Saturday, the one I thought was a shoe in. Okay, only three of the six showed up, and uh, that was a disappointment because that was the one where they really needed brain power because that was the here there be pirates, and uh, that is a uh, 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 that was an adventure for Weird Zone. So what I basically told him, I said, look, he says, you're, you know, I, I gave him a little rub saying, this is what happens. You get attacked by zombies, you know, you have a little, inter- uh, uh, and, uh, but they, they go away and then you get attacked by pirates and then they go away, but you're kind of sure that more, there'll be more pirates. So what you got to do is you got to start thinking about defending your zero plot, defending your, your, your basically that tower defense. Set up your tower defense on your zero plot. And so there, I gave them all the stuff that was in the house and in the barn or the, the garage and the, and, and the greenhouse and all that stuff, uh, and, uh, which is one of the, the ones that's in the uh, actual book. And they're like, you know, trying to come up with all kinds of things to, you know, uh, basically home alone their entire house, this house, and, and, and set it up to, to, to hurt these pirates when they show up. And they, they did a pretty good job of it, though, you know, uh, I thought they could have done a lot more. Uh, they kind of they got freaked out when they landed on a world and they said, okay, let's go get stuff. And they got in the car and they, and they drove away and they almost had a collision with a guy in a um, futuristic triangular you know, uh, car, you know, silver with gullwing doors. And he gets out and he's got three eyes and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, and um, he... Uh, uh, and, and he goes and says, you monsters from another world. Uh, and he jumps back in his car and he drives off back in the direction of their zero plot. And so, so of course, you know, the, their zero plot is the next address down the road, right? 
Right? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they pull, pulls off and he drives up, you know, and then there's this, ha- there's this house and it looks really weird because it's not any of the architecture they would use. And, of course, there's a big circle of grass, you know, uh, 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 which is wrong because it doesn't match up with anything else. And he's just standing there going, this is all wrong. And, and, and one of the players comes and says, it's a dream. You're dreaming. He says, he says, oh, oh my goodness, I was in a car wreck. Oh, I'm unconscious. I'm delirious. This isn't real. She says, yeah, crawl, crawl to the back seat and lay down and, and wait, for the, wait for the paramedics. <laughs> he says, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> because he climbs to the back seat. So, But unfortunately, they just kind of left him alone and didn't take his car or anything. Because like, they, they did, didn't want to, they basically felt too bad to go and drag this guy into their problem. Because they, they, you know, if they would have dragged his car on onto the plot, then of course, if with him in it, he would have now been part of their issue. But uh, so they didn't get all that good stuff that was part of the car because it was electrically powered and all this stuff, and it would have been a great thing to have. It would have been a good power source for them. But anyways, they 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 basically said, let's, you know, I don't think we want to go into town. I think maybe we, things won't work out too well for us. And they basically came back and tried to basically harvest as much as they could off the farm and bring it onto the plot before they disappeared. Uh, ultimately, they got attacked by by pirates, and and it was the cast of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> so so how was so are right, so um, Weird Zone is is not a it's not a you know a game that most people are familiar with, and I'm assuming a lot of your players had never seen that or ever heard of it before. Probably most of them. Yeah, most people don't know any of the games I run. I mean, basically, yeah, they don't know Fringeworthy. They don't know Bureau Thirteen. I mean, most of these players are like in their twenties. They 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 haven't they have no idea what these things are. You know. So let me ask you this, Bruce. So they 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 show up to your game. You you saw it at the table. Yeah. Right. So all these people show up. For a game they've never even heard of, right? Right. And so how how well did they acclimate to that early on? Like when you said, all right, this is a game you've never heard of. It's blah, 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 blah. And this is what the setting is. Did they did they integrate like readily? Was it was it? Yeah. Yeah, they usually do. Yeah. Because, you know, what I do, um, uh, I, I use the, the our standard demo characters and they do have background information on them. But mostly what ha- I see is that most of them do not actually play the characters. OK, they basically play themselves as if they had those stats. Right. Yeah. So, you know what might might be a good idea for the future? It might be, you know, you might. Uh, give people stats and maybe do like some kind of archetype type of thing. Maybe I just, just spitballing here. Throw out like some kind of archetype thing. Like what would like what? Tell everybody. Say, I want you to pick the character with the archetype that you envision yourself being if you were a hero. Like like what what kind of hero would you be if you wanted to? And then basically when they pick the character, you just say, Hey, look, just play yourself as that archetype. As you know, like imagine you you decided that you were going to be a martial arts guy at some point in your life and you managed to do all those things and that's you. Well, what I try to do is I try to provide sample characters. I don't just say, here's six characters, you pick one of the six. I say, here's ten, here's twelve characters. You guys, you guys pick the one that you most resonate with. You know, and, and, and that usually works out pretty well, and then I don't have to do a lot of work. The one thing that I haven't done that I keep, keep saying I'm going to do is I keep saying I'm, uh, I'm going to let you pick another skill. You know, whatever is on the character sheet, you get to pick another skill that you want that isn't already on the character sheet because you want it. And that way it adds more buy-in. You should make that – should also make it a high-level skill. Okay. Well, I wasn't thinking that way, but yeah. So so give them like average skills. Give them all like average skills, maybe something that's kind of good or whatever. And then like tell them, say, hey, pick, pick, look at your character and pick a skill that you're really good at. It's up to you. It can be any skill you want. So that way if the guy's like, well, I wanted to play a hacker and you didn't make one up, it's like, well, you can be a hacker. That's your skill. That's your big skill. Yep. Give you a D10 in it. Because D twelve D twelve is the max, and D eight. And, and since we're doing Savage Worlds for all these games, you know, a, a D eight is considered competent, and D ten is considered really good. Right? Yeah, yeah. So don't give them any D ten skills. You say, you know, you can either raise one to D ten or pick a new skill at D ten. Yeah. 
I mean, there's not a whole lot of skills in Savage Worlds, so... Right, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's, that's part of the game design. Yeah, in fact, in fact, the, the advice I've gotten from folks is don't actually add new skills, add new edges yeah, that, okay. uh, that affect skills. So that makes sense. Yeah, that, that way you can be a little more versatile with the, with the skill budget. Well, yeah, the, the yeah, that's they refer to that as skill dilution, where you keep adding skills, and then you have to spread your, you know, your improvements around on more and more skills, and that ends up with people, you know, ending up with a lot of skills, either one skill that they really concentrate on, and everything else is just basically bad. But if you keep this number of skills small, then you have a reason you, you're encouraged to improve those skills. Yeah, and what I usually do with fake games is that I'll have uh, the, if I'm running fake accelerate, there's really no skills, but there are stunts. So I say, okay, we can come up with a stunt. You don't have to come up with it right now, but during the game, if you think you come up with a stunt that fits the character, let me know, and we'll work it out really quick. And bang, you can do that. Use that stunt yeah. in the game. So that's another way to let them. I also in, in those kinds of games, if I have a map, I will have them add stuff to the map so they have some buy-in in the game. So they actually have some meat in the game because they put stuff on the map. Okay, well, um, the other two games I ran were um, was uh, uh, Here There Be Monsters, which is the Bureau 13 adventure where they're trapped in a town and there's monsters, all the you know, a lot of classic monsters they have to fight. Um, and they, 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 those guys really liked that game. They really got into that game a lot. As a matter of fact, um, it was, it was, I mean, for mo- uh, uh, just for our audience, um, it's mostly, it, it's nice to, when I see them play it investigatory because there actually is a way of stopping the monsters if you figure it out. And most of the time, people, however, spend a lot of their time killing the monsters, just basically hosing them with guns and grenades and all these things, and it's just a big slugfest. Okay? This group, they played every single romance card out of the clockwork drama deck that I gave them. Oh my God! They romance the monsters. They romance the monsters. The very the very first place that they go to is the tavern. The tavern has an ancient female vampire in it. Okay, um, and 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 I'm I'm saying okay, what are you going to do now? You know, the last group who did this did a really excellent job of getting rid of uh, of, of the vampire. I'm not going to say on the podcast just in case somebody comes to, to Dragon Con and they're going to be running it there. But um, he, they go and they pulled out the, this turns into an orgy. <laughs> it's like, okay, so now the entire, you know, the the entire bar is, is you know, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. They're all doing that. And, of course, the, the female vampire is entirely distracted. And so they just pretty much come in and uh, uh, eliminate her. But she was basically a very, very, very powerful monster. Like the one of the first ones they run into. I basically give them somebody they really have to fight hard, and it, it, it turned into something that was just mostly squick. It was mostly a squick scene because I, I was I, I had nobody under the age of twenty one. So I said, "Oh yeah, and, and this is happening, and over there this is happening," and they're all like, "Oh." Oh no! You know, <laughs> let's let's not do that. And uh, I don't want to go anywhere near there. And uh, you know, how's my footing? <laughs> Stuff like that. Shades, yeah, because I ran a game last year where uh, it was based on an idea where there's a demonically possessed amplifier, and this band is an AC. It's a is a uh, I believe they were an AC DC cover band, and they played one song and it broke out in an orgy. Because it did my amplifier, and I and we and yes, the script came out when they said, and they did what on the table with how many bottles? <laughs> oh, jeez! And an, a, another one of the cards they pulled out was "Long Lost Love Rediscovered," and so when we got when we got down to you know uh, to the uh, uh, Medusa, she's like, you know, Perseus, is it you? Oh my love, <laughs> he's like. Yeah, it's me, honey. <laughs> so Bruce, you're still using those cards. Oh, they, they were having so much fun with that, you know. And 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 
and, and to me, it's a sad because most of the time these guys do not. People really, I say, look, you can take control of the game with these cards, and they're afraid to use them. But these guys re- really got into it, and that was so much fun to do. Oh That's yeah, I, I, use, I used the Savage Worlds Adventure cards also, but I actually, and I also used the, the Clockworks Drama Deck. But yeah, there was one of the cards where it basically turns out that one of the one, you know, it basically one of the characters is a, is a nemesis. Of one of the players, and it was basically turned out was the landlord that was causing all the problems in this. Basically, landlord who had killed somebody and hid hid the body, uh, and of course her her spirit was you know doing mean, nasty, horrible things to people who tried. Well, men who moved into the apartment below, and, and yeah. it, it, but they ended up you know he played the card into the nemesis, and and they end up using another card that he basically they you know instead of turning him over the cops. They had gotten a bit of the spirit and brought to his brought to his home and released the spirit in his house, and then left. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it was horrible. You know, basically, the spirit would manifest as bugs, as insects, crawling insects, cockroaches, and other things. And this one little cup emptied out into enough insects to fill his house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so the other game I ran. Uh, was um, was did and this this one I, every single one of them said I had to play your game because of the title of your game and it was didn't I just didn't I just kill you <laughs> another beer game it's this one was was fringeworthy uh, this was a problem portal what happened was you go through the portal and then ten minutes later you go through it, it you come out of it again ah it basically dupes you okay oh is that good. Oh yeah, and so and they come through, and uh, and it, it's a it's a warp on top of this big pile of white rock breakdown, and they and they come out and they see that their vehicle is down at the bottom, laying on its side, and there's all these people dead pinned under it, and all their all their characters are on these sacrificial altars painted blue, and these guys with headdresses are plunging daggers into their hearts. And that's how the game starts. Oh, wait. Hey, Bruce, is this the one we ran on game school? Probably. Okay. All right. Because I, I, so, so I want to mention that real quick before we go any further. Um, so if you guys if, – all right. So if you're listening to the Tri-Dive Podcast, you've probably played our games. But let's say, for example, you haven't played Fringeworthy yet or you haven't played Bureau 13 yet, one or the other. They've both been on been on game school, and you can you can check out what that play is like because we had Trav come on and do Bureau Thirteen. Yeah, and uh, that that one hasn't gone up yet. It's going up uh, the, the, the not the next one. Oh, maybe it is the next one. I think it's the next one. Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. You know, it, hasn't I, gone I, up, it has not gone up yet. But we recorded it with Trav. We, we got Bruce's up already, so you can check out the Bureau Thirteen episode. I mean, I'm sorry, the Frenchworthy episode, and the Bureau Thirteen episode is coming up very very soon. Um, and, and you know, and Trav did a great job, mm-hmm. as did Bruce. The way the the game school set up, you really only get like a fifteen twenty minute uh, uh, basically scene, yeah. really. Yeah, but it, but it's enough to introduce how the mechanic, mm-hmm. what the feeling is. Yeah, this this was a Mayan um, culture, and they'd been. This was a subterranean community that had been there for like a thousand years waiting for the you know the emissary of the gods to come out of the you know to to appear and and uh send take them on to the true sanctuary this was like a holding place for them and so they they went on and, and dealt with all that with these people that were tr- kept trying to get try, kept trying to sacrifice themselves not the player characters themselves <laughs> Okay. They're like, man, oh, you know, you don't have to sacrifice yourself right now. I really would rather talk to you. You know, it's like, that was, that was fun. They they had a lot of fun with that. And, and, you know, it was really weird because I was trying to describe the game to them. Okay. And I'm like saying, okay, have you, you know, have you ever seen a show called Sliders? No. Okay. Uh, You ever seen a show called Stargate? No. No. Nobody has is like we're free and clear of that. It's that albatross is off our necks. Finally, we can now claim Fringeworthy is and as it always has been its own thing. 
it makes it a little hard to describe it to people now because we don't have that go-to. But I mean, they the the people playing the games now are are born late enough that that stuff is like on the oldies channels now. <laughs> they haven't they haven't seen any of it. Yeah, who who knew that you couldn't say, "Hey, have you seen Star? Or, you know, uh, Stargate?" And they're like. I don't know what I think my dad watched. Like, really? Come on! It can't be. It's not that old. <laughs> yeah, and and it, but apparently no. It, the, the 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 river the river has moved on, and uh, so Richard, you can tell that to Richard. He'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> right, right. What else did you run? Anything else? Well, those are the three. I ran, you know, I ran a Fringeworthy, a Bureau 13, and I ran a uh, Weird Zone. Now, at, at Dragon Con, because they make me run a lot more, I'm going to be running another three more adventures besides those. Hey, you'll be running your, your infamous, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not Fringeworthy, you're a Miller. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not doing that one. That's interesting that that Dragon Con makes you run more games than Gen Con, and Dragon Con is not even a gaming con anymore. It's a media con. That's odd. What it is is that as a volunteer, I'm expected to do 25 hours of service. So, you know, in, in, in the gaming area, they say, look, okay, you run, you know, six four-hour sessions. That's 24 hours. You're good. That's too much. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.